You are listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you are interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of Us needs and appreciates all your support. Ryan is a severely anxious 11-year-old kid with an endless list of irrational fears, including toilets overflowing, public speaking, getting beat up by the school bully, and being rejected by his school crush, Sally, at an upcoming planetarium field trip. One night, after a sudden blackout, Orion faces his biggest fear of all, the dark. In fact, he's so afraid of it that dark is utterly fed up and manifests himself in front of the kid in his bedroom. Tired of Orion's constant fear of him, Dark offers to take the kid on a trip to help him overcome all of this by showing him the benefits and wonders of nighttime. During their travels, Dark introduces Orion to his fellow nighttime entities, sleep, insomnia, quiet, unexplained noises, and sweet dreams. As they travel, Dark shows Orion how... Quiet removes surrounding sounds, sleep induces people's slumber, insomnia induces anxiety and wakes up people, unexplained noises makes various noises outside of homes, and sweet dreams generates wonderful dreams. And all of this would not be possible if it weren't for the most important being of all, dark. Little by little, over the course of the adventure, Orion learns more about himself and his fears. I am T.C. Dewitt of the Screener Squad, and I am joined by the embodiments of Twisted Dreams, Mike. How do? And the embodiment of Mohawked Badassery, Chad. Hello. Well, squad, uh, thank you for joining me for this animated Netflix original film in the One of Us King Size bed so that we can snuggle up close for this bedtime story. (laughs) I do want to hear what you two thought about this. But first, there were two big surprises for me with this movie. One involves a plot twist that I don't want to spoil. Mm-hmm. But I will share the second mo- and more shocking twist that came in the closing credits, as it said, written by Charlie Kaufman. Yeah, Charlie <laughs> motherfucking Kaufman. This movie was written by Charlie Kaufman. I literally audibly went, what the fuck? So you didn't know that going in? Because that, that's not exactly know. why I signed on to this movie, because I love Charlie motherfucking Kaufman. Charlie Kaufman writing a kid's movie, this is going to be completely crazy yeah the adaptation being john malkovich like eternal sunshine is about mind. his name popped up and was like really i'm i'm surprised that he wrote it but it also explains the quality of this film because netflix animated stuff tends to be more missed than hit for me dreamworks tends to be more hit than miss for me and i was pleasantly surprised by almost the pixar quality i could be wrong though what did you two think of this? Yeah, I, I liked that. I thought it was very well animated, and I, I think it had a really interesting look to it, especially with how they portray dark. It's uh, it does have a very Pixar quality to it. And when you when you read like a computer animated movie going straight to Netflix, I don't always have the highest of expectations. 
No, it looked good. And I think as I, as I was watching it, I'm thinking like, what, why did they tap Charlie Kaufman to write this? And then there's something that happens midway through where it goes full Charlie Kaufman. There's the <laughs> Charlie Kaufman I know and love. This is adaptation, synecdoche, New York levels of weirdness. And uh, mm -hmm. like, I don't, I don't love it, but I really admire a lot of the things it does. And I, I, I like that. It's a very simple, sweet story. Yeah. Yeah. I <laughs> was bored by its simplicity. I was like, uh, uh, I'll get this out of the way. Like the animation is great. Like I had a good time visually appreciating it. Other than that, I felt the story to be very cut and paste. But here's the thing. It wasn't bad. It, it felt like the in-between of a sequel to a Disney movie in the 90s that went straight to video. Good, good. Yeah. <laughs> or Disney's best thing ever. Like it, it was it was like straight in the middle. It had all the emotional beats. It just, they were very underwhelming. I swear, maybe four or five times, I kept hopping back and forth thinking that Dark was either Paul Walter Hauser or Seth Rogen. Yeah, right. <laughs> totally, totally Seth Rogen. Totally felt yeah. like, hey, we couldn't afford Seth Rogen, so yeah. you got Paul Walter Hauser, which wasn't bad. And, and, and like, look, I like Colin Hanks, uh, Natasha Dimitrio from uh, What We Do in the what Shadows, uh, Parna Nacharya, like Mike Barinholtz is in here, Jacob Tremblay. Yep. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a fairly solid cast. Matt Faxon pretty much doing the same voice he did on uh, Disenchantment. <laughs> I mean, I think that's just him. I think that's just his voice. <laughs> Well, Chad, I'm curious, did you watch this with your daughter? I did watch this with my daughter. She had the okay. day off. Because I roped you into this knowing that you could possibly watch this with her. I, I did worry at the beginning that it does get a little kind of a little twisty, kind of scary, that I worried that someone just a little too young might be too freaked out to continue to watch it. Uh, how did how did it go over with her? You're right in that assessment. Like at first, she definitely held my hand and snuggled mm -hmm. up to me on that part. I, I don't think it kept her attention in the third act. I, it barely kept my attention. Sure. And multiple times I asked her, I'm like, hey, what do you remember from it? Um, There's dark. And I'm like, okay, fine. <laughs> Did you enjoy it? She's like, yeah. And I'm like, okay, was it better than Frozen? She's like, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> was it better than Mario? No. Okay. I think for her and I, it's both the same. Like, again, it, it's something that we watched. But I think, you know, within a couple hours, we had turned on um, I'm a Teenage Kraken, whatever that movie is. Yeah, and that, that felt more something we could both get into and both enjoy rather than this. This is this again, straight down the middle. It did all the right things, but it did it very basically. It's interesting that you compare it to sort of a straight to Disney sequel from like the 90s cuz I, I do see that what it, what this really felt like is the majority of DreamWorks library in the first like decade of their existence was hey whatever Disney's doing we're going to do that. Yeah. And this feels like DreamWorks attempt at Inside Out. Yep. I totally got that. Yeah. And it, I I think it's where they got Charlie Kaufman involved. I was like, well, who's good at really at doing stuff that really examines ideas of like fear and how they manifest and all that? Oh, we'll just get the guy that wrote Sedetsky in New York mm -hmm. to do it. Yeah. I mean, I, I do think it's a very basic film. That's the thing. It, it doesn't do anything totally out there. But I, I, when I compare it to other 
Charlie Kaufman movies is how they they twist around with the narrative and go back and forth and everything. Because other than that, it's a very basic kids movie, and there's no harm in that uh, at all. No. And I wouldn't expect it to go full Charlie Kaufman because it is a kids movie. I'm sure if I were to show my nephews Anomalisa, they would have a full existential crisis, and you know they're a little young for that. <laughs> I'm freaking out, man. Yeah, I mean, as far as animated Charlie Kaufman movies go, Anomalisa is definitely the superior picture. But oh, the, yeah. what, it's nothing too special it's nothing that's gonna really stand out you can think it's based on a book right and and, mm-hmm. and thing is you, you, you can yes, tell yes. like you watch the movie and you can see like the storybook in your head as you're watching it and seeing where the studio probably went in and said yeah we like this charlie but um let's dial back the weird just a little bit real quick the director sean charmatz looks like they've been storyboard director storyboard artist in animation for a long time worked on spongebob the movie the angry birds movie trolls how to train your dragon the lego movie so you can definitely see that visually yeah that's where the the pixar comparison came in for me that visually uh, stylistically there's a lot of really neat stuff here the textures of like dark himself and that the alternative animation style even for just orion himself that they didn't lean into the there's a very homogenized look between pixar and disney and dreamworks that has been going on for quite some time now mm-hmm. and courtesy of into the spider-verse the animation studios have taken much wilder shots at the look of their stuff. So you got like Mutant Mayhem, the Ninja Turtles movie that came out, Nimona. Please watch Nimona. My God. Mitchell versus uh, the Mitchell machines. Mitchell versus machine. Yes. And and I liked the look of this as well. It has a as has a unique quality to it in in its style and and particularly again I'll, I'll mention the textures and the the atmosphere of the movie. It does feel a bit like Diary of a Wimpy Kid. Like, this might be too much for little kids and not enough for us big kids, Mm -hmm. but maybe right about in that 12-year-old level, this might connect because it speaks to sort of the anxieties that fifth graders are having. Uh, maybe I, I that's, that's an assumption. I, I could see that. I mean, I don't know about like maybe the, the fear of the dark thing. I mean, I don't know how, what, I mean, I, I'm not really good with like child milestones or when you're old enough to do this or this or things, but like when it comes to like things that are mostly associated with kids, you know, whatever, like my nephews are going, I like, oh, they're talking at this point. Yeah. That kind of thing. Like <laughs> what age do they, do kids normally get over their fear of the dark? I guess I, I, I would think that 12 or middle school age would be, the point where you're, you know, okay with it. I would think. I don't know. Maybe it's just because I was. But there are Vietnam vets that can't sleep in the dark. You know what I mean? Like, not to go on a tangent. Oh, that's fair. No, no. Being afraid of the dark is a long tradition within the human race. Werner Herzog does a voiceover. Uh, yeah, movie, I was going to say, they, they mentioned Herzog, <laughs> but I was right. like, yeah, was does. that actually him? I can never tell if it's actually him <laughs> it or not. Was. That's right, he was in this. Or someone just doing yeah, an impression yeah, yeah. of him. <laughs> I, think, I think for me, this movie just, it played everything safe, which is kind of Netflix's sweet spot, right? They never take really big chances anymore sure. because they're, they're the one that are making most of the big decisions out there right now. So they have to play it safe because they have to save money. Like, I, again, the textures and the look and feel of this was good, but it, like TC said, there's a new standard of animation out there right now that's still kind of fresh. And it didn't look like they took as many chances 
or, or as many risks as they could have. I guess I can say, I mean, considering it's based on storybook, I haven't looked at what the storybook looks like, but it, it definitely felt more like taking the idea of a storybook and really making them look like a Disney movie as opposed to like, say, like the Peanuts approach of like making this look like the storybook is coming to life or like how they did with uh, Ninja Turtles. But you feel like you're watching a comic book come to life. Mm-hmm. I feel like they, that, that it would really benefit from that. But then again, that I don't know how that would really work with certain elements of the story, like the, the depiction of darkness and light and all that stuff. Maybe it needed to look more cinematic just to really sell that. Yeah, it, it look it, it looks very much like a lot of the animated stuff you'll see out there these days. For like the last, for or at least for the last twenty years or so. Yeah, I, I think what uh, what kind of won me over was at about the fifteen minute mark. They introduced this sort of twist in the plot that I didn't see. I was like, oh, well, oh, okay interesting and then they drop it for a little bit and then it comes back up about 30 minutes later and then it as the third act unravels they start twisting and turn turning like you you'd point out like this is Kaufman's wheelhouse to to get weird yeah and he did it in a kids movie and and that that, that surprised me uh I don't think it ever got what I call the Pixar moments that that moments in every Pixar movie even their weaker ones cars to excluded where they, your heart just turns and you're like, okay, here are the tears. Yeah, mm. yeah, it doesn't really hit that. that, that I don't know note. how you did it, Pixar. We did it again. And this movie doesn't have that. This movie never goes to a place where anything that didn't work is made up for because suddenly there's this overwhelming amount of emotion pouring from the movie and coming in and through and out of you. Uh, it, it never gets there. But uh, the, 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 the plot structure of this and the little choices they made were – for for me at least were fun and uh, I I was a, kind of surprised by that because I, I didn't quite know what to expect from this and I guess because of that by having more of a lower bar on this it it exceeded the bar I set seeing that DreamWorks logo I was like all right I'm gonna set this at poop joke and we'll go from there <laughs> and uh, and they they did they did better than that so uh, why, why don't I just throw a, a final rating on this and then you I'll have you two go as well uh, I'm just gonna go ahead and give this a seven out of ten cool guy sunglasses in the morning uh but beyond that uh yeah i i think this is sort of like a throw it on and it if it if it hooks your kid if it hooks you you're probably gonna see it all the way through to the end but you're gonna know within the first 15 20 minutes if this is is going to do that uh and it might just be one of those casual uh, we've watched moana too much just put on literally yeah. anything else <laughs> Mike, why don't you go next? I mean, yeah, I mean, again, I just jumped on and saying, I, I don't normally do the, the kids' movies unless it pertains to a franchise that um, that's very dear to me, like with Spider-Man or, or Ninja Turtles. But I jumped on to this one because, again, I love Charlie Kaufman movies, uh, Adaptation, Anomalies, Snesky, New York. They're just such wonderful films. And I'm always fascinated by seeing someone who usually works in an adult realm or even mostly live-action realm, say for Anomalies, um, that like trying to do something different but see if it still has their identity in it and for a while it doesn't but then it kind of, but then it does and the thing is so it still feels like a dreamworks movie <laughs> it lets itself get a little bit more weird than usual i do like how like despite the fact that yeah it does feel like they're just kind of aping what made in uh, inside out successful i think it does do um interesting things with like just i'm trying maybe like overcoming your fears and bullying yourself and all that and, and getting over fears of like safe the dark for example i i think 
there, there's something really cool about that. And it, it's funny. Like, it just, it feels like a more mainstream kind of humor than usual, because again, it's a kid's movie. Then you wonder how many script doctors were on this thing, or how much interference uh, DreamWorks had. But really, I mean, look, if, if I had kids, I'd totally watch it with them. I, and I would hope that maybe like, say like my nephews would probably enjoy it. I do like a lot of visuals, as, as basic as they are. I wish they could have done a little bit more experimentation with it. But DreamWorks isn't known for being experimental. I, I know, it, it's good, but it's not great. I'm gonna give it six and a half Malkovich Malkovich. <laughs> Malkovich Malkovich. Mal- Malkovich Malkovich? Ma- Malkovich. Ma- Malkovich, okay. Chad, why don't you Malkovich next? Yeah. It, it, it is literally straight down the middle of this one for me. People have done it better and people have done it completely worse. I don't want to rip into it like it's a bad thing. It's been said earlier. This is something that you could definitely watch, maybe get something out of it. But the fact that it couldn't keep my attention and then it couldn't keep my kids' attention kind of told me what I needed to know. So I'm going to go straight down the middle. Five out of, actually, you know what? I'll, I'll give it a compliment. Five out of 10 uh, wind physics. Because I thought like, because there's a lot of flying in this. That the the hair and the wind uh, looked pretty pretty good. Yeah. Not to dump all over this movie, so give it give it a little compliment right at the end there. Very good. Yeah. Okay. Well, that that about does it there. If you end up watching this, uh, head on over to one of us uh, the Facebook page, uh, find this posting for the episode, and let us know what you think. If you watched it, particularly if you have kids, because uh, we are not the target demographic. Uh, <laughs> no. Chad watched the movie with. A target demographic and, and that kind of allegedly. Alleg- I said I did. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys. Uh, now, um, yeah, you know what? If they had made this more feel like Enter Sandman, the kids' movie, that would have been cool. Yeah, I would have been all over that.